tuning in today. This is Evangelination, evangelizing the nation for the best and brightest future of our country, our world, and our eternal souls. And what could be more important than that? So I want you to be honest today. Is there a problem in your life that seems unresolvable? Do you feel hmm, broken? You know, most of us in one way or another do. It seems to be a part of life. Why is that anyway? We keep striving for wholeness, but we just keep getting brokenness. What's going on with that anyway? You know, John 10.10 records the words of the Divine Master, Jesus Christ, who has told us, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Okay, Lord, uh, I accept that. But um, help me to piece it together with all the suffering and brokenness we experience in this world. What can you really mean by this? Hmm. Well, if I may digress a moment, let me tell you a story. You see, I was outside early this morning with the grass all wet with dew and the vast nation of insects alive and well and singing their morning song to the Creator. The sunshine was already beginning to heat up the day, even though the grass was still too wet to mow, and I took my small hoe and headed out to a patch in the yard that had given rise to a colony of mushrooms. They seemed to keep shooting up, as if they have a mind of their own. Indeed, I think they do. Who am I to tell them it is improper to grow there? They know the lay of the land better than I. They know that the microbial and mycorrhizal life of the soil is precisely what is allowing the billions of mushroom spores present all around us to begin to express themselves in my yard. You know, it's all part of the magnificent plan of God, whose creation is so complex and yet so intelligent and integrated that it boggles the mind to consider it. It is much easier to resolve the whole matter by just saying, ah, there is no intelligent designer behind all the beauty of nature and the cause and effect experiences noted by science. But honestly, that is the cowardly way out. God, the author of all life, the intelligent designer of all the ages, has a mind, an imagination, and a plan that is so much bigger than we are. If we doubt it, we have only to look at how the wild mushrooms grow or consider the vast communication systems of plant mycorrhizae in fields. It's crazy, you know, this great grand design is unfolding around us and before us. You know, all creation awaits the revelation of the children of God. That's a quote from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, 819. I love this passage. All creation awaits the revelation of the children of God. Let's look at that context of this verse. You know, backing up to Romans 818, St. Paul says, quote, I consider that our present sufferings 
are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The suffering, the brokenness we have now will pale in comparison to the greatness of the glory, the happiness, the wonderful wholeness to be experienced when our blessed Redeemer will come again. In Colossians 3, 4, we read, When Christ our life appears, then shall we also appear with him in glory. Mm. Now there's a song about this passage. I linked it here. And, you know, one of the lines says, among other things, Faith will turn to sight when Christ our life appears. And friends, it is in faith that all the disparate pieces of our lives come together. Our brokenness is healed by the eyes of faith in the one who truly and really heals us. You know, those mushrooms that seem like such a disorder in my yard? You know, God has a plan and purpose for everything, and all of it will be revealed in faith. You know, what we think is brokenness may be a pathway to glory. Do you suspect that the experiences of your life are all random? That nature itself is random and has formed by a random, senseless destruction of the weak in favor of the strong? Well, you can think that, but all creation testifies to the contrary. Science should lead us to the wonder, the wonder of this beautiful intelligence of all creation and the divine plan that we can detect everywhere. It's so, it's so ubiquitous that people can miss it. You know, science should lead us to wonder because of the vast and unspeakably magnificent intelligence we find therein. It was put in nature by the divine designer of all creation. Still, it is important to note that all creation is in a state of fallenness, together with the race of Adam. Yes, there is really only one race, the human race, and all other race divisions have been created by the biases and senselessness of individuals and peoples with some other kind of agenda or bias in their hearts. But in the beginning, it was not so. There was only one race, the human race, and it, like nature, is beautiful to behold. Both humanity and the creation we were given to enjoy and manage is groaning right now in labor pains, awaiting the powerful moment of a new birth, the rebirth of the human race and of all creation in Christ, the long-awaited Messiah, Savior, and Lord. Christ has come. He's done his part. Now he's inviting you into the kingdom. It's a kingdom of hearts. And it's your choice if you want to be reborn in him and come into an integrated and whole experience of life in Christ. You know, the cosmos itself is waiting for that day when creation will itself will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the liberty of the glory of the children of God. Creation was put into the place of corruption to sin and death, a brokenness, 
which comes about every time we fall from our human dignity in the footsteps of Adam and Eve who disobeyed God in the Garden of Eden, right? Subjected though we are to the consequences of our sin and ignorance, we are not without hope. The hope of a fallen creation is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is both the creator of all things and the redeemer of all those who put their faith in him. You know, there's a sense of eternity in every human heart, even in the hearts of those who have rejected the Lord Jesus as their savior. We read in Ecclesiastes 3.11, quote, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts. So how beautiful that we've been created to live in time, which seems to be a, a realm of brokenness. But he has put eternity in our hearts, that eternity where there is all wholeness and healing happiness and glory that eternity that experience is in your heart it's up to you to, to open it to unlock that treasure within you it is God's presence his life he wants to be with you but he's a consummate gentleman as I've always said before and he always asks he doesn't doesn't come in where he's not invited you have to ask him you have to you have to invite him pray pray to invite him so that you can unlock that sense of eternity in your heart. Can you wake up that eternity in your heart today? You know, here's how to do it. You just lift up your heart and mind wherever you are and pray. Pray to your Heavenly Father. And your Heavenly Father who sees you in secret and hears your thoughts before you even express them. This God, almighty and abundant in mercy, as expressed by his divine son, Jesus, who suffered a horrible death to show how much he loves us. This God will listen attentively to you, to every moment of your heart, every thought of your mind, every movement of your soul. He's there listening, taking you in. Can we not all see ourselves in one way or another as the prodigal son and in that beautiful parable of Jesus, what does the father of the prodigal son do? Okay, you know the answer. He runs out to meet his long-lost son. He kills the fatted calf. That is, he spares no expense in celebrating the return of his son to the family homestead. He adorns his son in fine clothes and puts a ring on his finger. And the Lord God will do the same for you if you just return to him. Return to that place deep in your heart where he resides, where he wants to reside. Open it up. Open up that place of eternity. Invite God Father in to your life in time, your broken life in the temporal reality. Eternity is in your heart. You can access it through prayer. You know, those who trust in the Lord, those who return to the Father's house, to the Father's presence in that place in your heart, acknowledging the truth that all creation reveals, namely that God is our Father and Creator, our Lord and Redeemer. Those who turn back to the Lord will realize the glory that comes with, quote, the revelation of the children of God. You see, when you talk to your Father in secret, in 
the secret recesses of your heart, he will reveal to you your dignity as his child. He will reveal to you that you are among the children of God who are destined for glory. And in this great revelation is freedom, freedom from all brokenness. All the brokenness falls away and you begin to arise into the fullness of who you're called to be in wholeness and in dignity and truth. You know, all of creation is counting on you to do this. It's counting on all of us. <laughs> you know, all the animals, the plants, the trees and birds and bees on our farm are all counting on me and my husband. They are waiting for us, for the children of Adam to restore the created order by first restoring in a cosmic way the spiritual bond of familial love with our Heavenly Father. And in his name, the Son and the Spirit, which work together to bind all of us in a covenant of love, our hearts will be bound together in a mysterious unity that has all worked together in the heart of Jesus Christ, the Redeemer, the one whose heart was pierced with a lance after he had given everything on the cross, the soldier pierced his heart with a lance uh, thrust through his side, and out of his heart poured forth blood and water, which came down upon the centurion and turned him from a faithless pagan to a believer. And he said, surely this man was the son of God. So it's in the heart of Jesus that our eternity in our hearts is connected to uh, uh, you and, and, and to everyone else. We're all connected in the heart of Jesus, in that eternity that is deposited in your heart. You know, it's the presence of the all-loving Redeemer that you will find there. You just return to your heart. And like a Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ is there to embrace you, to clothe you in majesty and virtue and goodness. Put a ring on your finger that binds you and says, you know, you are my beloved son or daughter. You live in this family now. You will never, ever be anything than an heir to the kingdom that I'm bringing, you know, because you are mine. I love you. You are mine. You see, we are one in him. As he is in the Father and the Father is in him, all together in the Spirit. That's the Trinity. We are born for this unity, this triune, triune unity of the Trinity. We are born for integrity and wholeness in this life and in the next. Though we pass through brokenness and discord in this brief life on earth, we are destined for glory, for wholeness and happiness in the life to come. A life not yet fully revealed to us, a life though that we can participate in to some degree already here on earth by entering in to that eternal heart space of love and virtue. You know, how do, how do we do that? We live a life of virtue. We strive for it. That's the, that's the challenge and the, and the cross that we bear is the, the challenge to strive for it, to struggle. But when we struggle for this life of virtue, it's a life of love. You see, these two go hand in hand. And you can't have one without the other. You can't have a life of virtue without a life of love. And you can't have a life of love without virtue. You have to have both together. So today, let's practice love with virtue. 
There's faith, hope, charity. All three of those have to go together. You can't have one without the other. And then there's justice, temperance, prudence, and fortitude. All those go together. These are just the beginning of the life of virtue. I hope to reflect with you further on these beautiful theological and cardinal virtues, maybe in coming weeks in this podcast. But, you know, we need not make it too complicated so as to excuse ourselves from the duty that we have today. You know, charity without faith, justice without temperance, fortitude without prudence leads to broken lives, broken societies, and a broken world. But hey, let's reverse all that. We can do it. We can begin today to work toward a more integrated experience of the life of virtue from which springs the life of love in that eternal heart space in our hearts. You know, I just want to say that one of the most powerful models of this life of virtue and love for us today is the humble, strong, patient, and faithful man, St. Joseph, foster father of Jesus Christ and true husband of the spouse of Mary. He lived in their presence for decades, the presence of God Almighty himself incarnate in the word made flesh and Jesus Christ, his foster son, whom he protected from um, the threats against his life, whom he provided for with great labors of love, you know, with whom he had great um, and profound discourses. You know, he who was the father teaching the son, and yet the son was also teaching the father, Joseph. So if you want to learn more about St. Joseph in his marvelous life, um, contact me at the email address listed in the description of this podcast. Or, you know, just look us up online at Pauline Community of St. Joseph. Uh, .org on, on the net. Um, I would be happy to share more information about how you can adopt St. Joseph as your spiritual father. And in doing so, he will be able to lead you deeply into the spiritual life with Christ, wherein dwells all the answers to life's questions, all the healing you long for, all the integrity and wholeness of mind and heart that is truly a taste of that heavenly glory we hope for while still yet on earth. Pray with me this moment, at this moment, right now. Thy kingdom come, O Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. All right. Well, that's all for today. May God bless your day. Bye now.